Hey, father. Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I know we're diving into a new book. Love it, Akas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Amazing. I'll let them know. Cool. Call back later. You guys, welcome to another episode of Bible Stories con Brianda. Brianda. And today, we're going to Paris. <laughs> Sorry, if you guys cannot see Brianda. You would have no idea what I'm talking about. But what I will tell you is that your good sis, Brianda, <laughs> is wearing a beret. No, ber I'm sorry, beret. A beret. A beret. A beret from Paris because, you know. Oh, my God. Imagine oh, Emily in Paris, except instead of Emily, it's Brianda, like a Bostonian Dominican girl in Paris. Okay, okay, we get it. <laughs> hey, yo, let me get that chocolate croissant. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, today we are going to dive into Leviticus. Obviously, you heard my producer, B Mike, like the the best person I've met in a really long time, Wheezy. Oh, she's being extra. She's taking out her braids. Uh, you know, I'm really good for undoing my hair at work. <laughs> I will say that. So. so by the end of this episode, we'll see how far I've come. This is the best part about being an entrepreneur. Like, who could do this in the workspace? Like, you when you when you're the boss, you can do whatever the hell you want. I don't know, but I will tell you guys this: for Brianda to let me take out these braids during an episode, I am forever grateful. <laughs> well, listen, you can do whatever the heck you want. We are in your home, WTF Media Studios, located in Soho, New York. Uh, please don't come um, while we're taping. No, you'll never. We're know. terrified of that. Also, a lot of you guys are. Giving stalkerish vibes. I'm very underspit. Yeah. So how about no? No stalkers. But here's the thing. I've only been recognized out and about one time. And it was so cool. I was literally like, oh my gosh. Ah! I was like more shocked to see them than they were shocked to see me. But like I'm 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 down to like chat. I hate photos, but I love to talk to people. Like if you see me in the street, I would much rather you like say like, oh, I wanna grab a coffee, then like, can I grab a photo? Which I'll take the photo, but I just wanna talk to people. So not not down with the stalkers, but definitely down with the communicative, engaging like listeners of the show or listeners of Horrible or, or listeners of, you know, uh, uh, Flagrant 2 by Alex, by proxy. I know that some of you guys are here too. Um, but anywho, Wheezy, we are diving into a a very particular book. I've told you already, the book of Leviticus is the uh, the third book in the Pentateuch or the Torah, Jewish people call it. They have the first five books of the Bible as written by uh, Moses. Um, here's the thing. See, the thing is, <laughs> yeah, we're not that podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, no, but really, see, the thing is. This book, unlike the other stories that I've told in other episodes, uh, this book isn't really quite as story driven. I know it, this podcast is called Bible Stories. Um, this book is more about like history and historical law. And it gets it gets under the hood of the car of like um, like the rules and regulations of being uh, a Jewish person or there's always like a pause between Jew and Jewish. Do Jewish people like it when we say Jew or is that like N hard R? I cannot necessarily Edward. confirm I am a bad Jew. I eat bacon. I have tattoos and I don't go to synagogue church. Okay, so what you're saying is I can say Jew only sometimes, but not like in a, not as a pejorative, which I would never do. I just never know. You always hear anytime I say Jewish, I'm always like, Bleh. anywho, well, I'll as your Jewish. black Jewess friend, I think we're okay. Okay, dope. Um, so, uh, and uh, it, it's it's more the rules, regulations, and the history behind you know the law of Moses. And of course, you guys know I always like putting out disclaimers before the episode, even like before we dive into the episode. I just think it's important, right? Like I've said before, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian. I'm just a regular person. Who you know, I know what theologian was before this. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I know because when I went on your show, the person transcribing put theologian. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know him. <laughs> but what I will say is, no, no, shout out to Benson. I'm sorry. But no, don't nobody know that damn word. 
<laughs> it's a long word. It's a ridiculously unnecessarily long word. I just uh, just say I don't know it like that. I'm not a historian. Isn't you know, uh, believe it or not, I didn't know. I always heard theologians use the terms and like people in general use the term apologetics. I didn't know exactly what apologetics meant until like earlier this year, I think in preparation for the show, like back in January, apologetics is like the study of uh, like Christianity or like the um, fighting for Christianity, fighting for the evidence, like uh, when you're debating and you're debating for, uh, in favor of Christ as Messiah and Christianity, that's apologetics. I didn't know that. Anyways. Rando. I really hope that's a definition. How embarrassing. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Um, anywho, <laughs> back into Leviticus. It's unlike any of the other ones where I really lay heavy on story and like do some like funny stuff. This isn't like that so much, even though it does surround. Plan the, with y'all. Listen, it does. But it does surround the fa- the same family we've been talking about. Like Moses is still here. Aaron is still here. Joshua is somewhere in here. Double like, A Aaron. What happened? Double A, yes. Okay. Like they're they're still there. It's still surrounding the the mission, right? To get the Israelites to the promised land and stuff. But so much of this book has chapters on the rules, the actual laws. Remember, we left off last. Can you go episode? to church jail? What happened? Like you said, the laws. So like, what happens if you break? Well, spiritual like you go to hell, spiritual or you go to jail, spiritual jail, spiritual prison. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, every time I sin, every time I, I, I mean, I try and repent any, any time, any and every time I do it do now. You got to take a bath and stuff? Um, you know what, Weezy? Sometimes I do it in the bath, but that's not mandatory. No, when I repent, it's like literally asking our father for forgiveness. In Catholicism, it's like you need a witness there. Really? Oh, that's when you go in the booth. Yeah, and in other ways, I know, but I'm not too familiar. I don't want to speak on um, Catholicism too heavy, too much. But I, it's it's it weighs heavy. What I'm saying is, like, when you're a practicing Christian, when you're in the Word, mm-hmm. when you're not in the world, but you're in the Word, <laughs> you really do. When you disobey, it doesn't feel good. It like it legit like. Okay, hi Tangi Wheezy. The only example I can give it to you is like for me, a big one is lust like lustful lustfulness like mm-hmm. that's even, that, the first thing to come, I hate you the first <laughs> thing to go for me was sex like it was like the of the domino that would have been the last thing yes we understand that very much uh <laughs> if i like i because i knew once this is off the table i know i can like be disciplined in other ways but i remember the last like great date i went on oh my god he's so amazing oh unfortunately we can't be together because i don't want kids but I we I can't have you know I can't I can't have sex but I always try and find like I anytime I try and like uh find like loopholes like oh but maybe we can like make out heavy and like which is like you're not supposed to be doing that the the sin is lustful thinking of another person lustfully so you even having hot and heavy like makeout sessions or like dry humping like over your jeans and stuff even that is a sin but anyways I did that this time I get it but you did what um, we just like home? made out heavy, made out heavy in the car and stuff. And Ooh. like, I even, oh gosh, it's so naughty. I don't, this is a horrible decision. But anyways, Tell us. well, listen, I, I'm, I'm trying, what I'm, the story that I'm getting to is feeling this spiritual depletion <laughs> that Ooh, I was describing. I want to feel it too. <laughs> well, anyways, that, this last night, which is the last time I did, the last time I masturbated was this night. Ooh, let's zoom in. <laughs> Why do you wait? Listen, I you I don't even like you already know this. I don't even like masturbating, and I didn't like masturbating even before Christianity. I just mm. don't like doing it. It makes me feel sensations comparable to guilt, shame. I've described this before. I'm so sad to hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got to get back to to um, therapy. But anyways, um, but 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 what you're feeling though when I do meet women. And have met women during horrible decisions that haven't had an orgasm. It's because they feel shame around masturbating. Oh, I feel orgasms. No, I'm saying like they 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 too experience shamefulness mm. and things like that. I I experience like I, the best way I can describe it is like no, I I come for nothing. Like you could blow on me and I'll be like oh yeah, I feel it. Like I feel <laughs> I can get there, <laughs> but it's the following immediately after I get I experience. The worst depression. Post-night flow, uh, coital, post-coital depression. Third, yeah. It's like when you do a bunch of depression. Molly and you come down. 
Maybe, but I'm telling you, it's like a spiritual malaise with that guy that I was just referencing. I even loved him like a naughty voice note because I'm oh, like, that was the I, guy that you dry hump? Yeah. Well, no, we didn't dry hump. This guy didn't dry hump. This is another. That's why I don't date anymore. <laughs> but anywho, like is this is an old story. The dry humping was an old story. The the other actually they're both old stories. The I'm not dating. Kissing and petting wasn't old. That's old. Is this the guy you showed me when we were at the French restaurant? Oh my god, yes. Okay, whatever. Anyways, stop it. Stop it. No, we're stop loving it. this. Oh we my are god, loving no. this high tangy. I hate you. Oh my no, god, let's go back on the tangy. So you made out in a car. Oh gosh, maybe we should hop back in the story. Okay, okay. Wait, just to put a pin on that is after I did that, I knew that I. I had gone against a promise that I made to myself and my father. Just the kiss? No, it was like the leaving the sexy voice note, the masturbating. Oh. Wheezy, the next day, I felt drunk off like spiritual shame. Oh, and Brianda. The guy ended up being like super dope about it. Like I told him about it after and he literally was like, honestly, if you didn't feel that way, I'd feel more suspicious about like your choices. Right. You know, he was actually like, no, I understand. And, um... It like feels when I follow these rules and having followed them for as long as I've had, like I practiced, I'm practicing celibacy until marriage and I've been practicing since 2018. This happened in 2021. This story that I'm telling you, I had those two and a half some odd years of practicing it. So it felt like I was letting myself down. It didn't make me feel good. And it doesn't feel when you follow God's law or rules or whatever you want to call them, they you don't feel stifled by them. It's not like a limiting feeling. So actually, this is great. Before we dive into Leviticus, like I want to use that anecdotal story as kind of like a pre precursor to what we're about to discuss. Okay. Like the rules that God lays out for us through Moses and the Levites, you know, Levites, Moses is the, the, the guy priests. from the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie, but yes, I know. Right. I haven't. Oh, um, I, it, uh, uh, the story that I just told is just an example of how like, oh, no, these rules are kind of alarm systems for or can be alarm systems for us um, to guide us to spiritual health and spiritual freedom. You know, it feels really good when I know that I'm I'm being an, a, a, a shepherd to him, a disciple living Living my life the way he wants me to live it, not just the way I want to live it, because I don't know any better. And again, my life before I have a I it's an interesting case. I was an atheist for so long and I'm still in my baby phase in my Christianity. I'm only, you know, three years in. So like I have this I, I, I my perspective is already so uh, uh, peculiar. So I'm telling you right, right now for me, my life before my life going against the rules, my life, my life without the rules was so much less joyful <laughs> and fulfilling. So I swear if it, for others, it may sound like I'm like delusional, but Oh, if this is what delusion is, call me delusional, baby. Call me crazy. Well, anywho. Um, so let's pop into Leviticus. We've just left off. Moses wasn't allowed to go into the tent, the the, the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. Um, so now we're going to discuss like kind of like why, you know, and I have my book here. And let, it'd be really cool to read the first line of Leviticus chapter one, verse one. Um, the burnt, ooh, the burnt offering, the burnt offering. Uh, Leviticus one, verse one, the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. And this is just like a nice little, like, I feel like he's lubing us up right now. We're going to be talking about offerings, sacrifices, how we can become holy enough to be in his presence. Um, there's an interesting, there's a word in this book that I want to break down a bit. It's cause it's used often and it's the term clean and unclean in order to be in the presence of the Lord. One must be clean. Uh, I guess high tangy again, but there's this feeling of, um, 
Actually, I'm going to hop out of the high tangy. It's not a high tangy. When the book references or refers to uh, people and animals and things as unclean, it's not sin. We're not talking about sin here because you can be unclean and be sinless and vice versa. It quite literally means also like clean, like you're not like clean or hygiene, but also spiritually like unclean. And the thing about with the cleanliness is that you can be cleaned. Any like you can't. It's not unlike sin. Sin is a little more um, like definitive and like more. Uh, there's like a concretized like heaviness to sin. That's not what's the. It's not synonymous with cleanliness in the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus was written to draw the Israelites to the understanding of the infinite holiness of God and that he desires them to act in a holy manner toward himself. In doing this, God gives them many instructions to carry out. It describes Moses giving procedural instructions for the Israelites, especially to the Levitical priests, Levitical meaning of the tribe of the Levites. Levites, you remember from previous episodes, came from one of the 12 tribes of Israel, one of the sons of Jacob, Levi. This is what we're talking about. That's why Levites are known as priests. Anything Levitical, priest is attached. Um, so in this book, we're going to talk about offerings, sacrifices, ceremonies and celebrations, uh, uh, rules and regulations, um, the word holy is mentioned more times in Leviticus than in any other book in the Bible. So from chapter one to seven, which, by the way, I'm not going to get into. I really urge you guys to to dive into Leviticus, to get into like the nooks and crannies of each and every episode. I'm just going to give you a quick summary. So chapters one to seven, uh, sacrifice and offerings are laid out for priests and individuals in detail. These passages also describe how to use the altar for the sacrifices and the offerings to God. In chapters 8 to 10, Moses describes the instructions for the Levitical priesthood, since Israel is to be the kingdom of priests. See Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, I believe. Um, and he, uh, he does this from the doorway of his tent. Moses consecrates his brother Aaron, remember his brother Aaron, and his sons, who were basically going to be the future of priests. They were really specific about how priesthood was going to be laid out. I'm sorry, the future of priests is hilarious. The future of priests. That sounds like a crazy ass podcast name. The future of priests. And it's just like a bunch of SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> we are we the future also, of priests. Also, if you think about it, even if you're the future of priests, does that mean you got like a lot of kids? So? <laughs> future. <laughs> Wait, hold on. One of you, I mean, if the rapper future has nine kids, well, each kid is going to be dressed like a little priest. All right. Um... Then we got back into back into the chapters. All right. Chapters 11 through 15. Moses teaches the importance and procedures for things that are unclean. What I was just talking about. This includes food, diseases, animals, insects, dead bodies, birth. Chlamydia. Uh, hey, now. Uh, yeah. They, skin, have they have they have there are like two chapters dedicated to skin diseases, like skin stuff. Yeah. It's like. I, 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 I'm I'm curious about it. That's why I, I entered this episode with like some apprehension because I would love to do an episode like come back to Leviticus with a pastor or someone so I can like talk to him about these things. And hopefully we can. And also leave comments below if you know more about stuff or like have supplemental information. Let me know. I'll highlight them on the YouTube thing and like make other people read it too. So let's help each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you're not a brother or sister in Christ, I love you anyways. But you're not my favorite. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. You are my favorite. <laughs> um, I love non-believers. I love everyone. All right, girl. I do. You're starting to sound like me. I love everyone. I really do love everyone. Just a little slutty with your love there. No, <laughs> no. I. The only way I don't love you is if you are... If you are disrespectful to women and children no. and disrespectful to God and animals and animals. Yeah. If you're those three things, four things other than that, I got none but love, baby. I'll talk to anybody. I'll hug anybody. 
Uh, COVID, never mind. So chapter 11 <laughs> through 15, guys. Chapters 11 through 15, Moses teaches about, oh, wait, I already said that. Back into the thing. For food, um, I wanted to talk about like some of the things we could like that were against like food, like shellfish, no shellfish, no pork, you know, things had to be kosher. Hala, hala, hala. I like the bread. <laughs> yeah, unleavened bread. Matzah, lots of all. Mazel? Anyways. You know what this reminds me of, what, what? we're doing right now? You <laughs> know when, like, white people go to, like, a country where they speak Spanish and they're like, yeah, tacos. That's yes. what we sound like. Quesadillas. I would love a quesadilla. That's what we sound like. We're like dreidel. I know. Oh, man. I, this is what I'm saying. Wait, we should have got a rabbi come in here. Listen, for the... I'm close Leviticus, Levit, I know. <laughs> no. No, you're not. I just um, mean, like, Jewish. For... I have a star David tatted on my hip. No, you don't. Yes, I do, girl. It is so ghetto. And you know why I got it? It was my first tattoo, and I was so scared that I was going to get caught with a tattoo. Oh, no, it was my... Yeah, this was my first. Because then I got my parents' initials as the second. But when I got the star David tat, I got it in pink, and I was like, it was going to be so cute. And now people don't see it until they get me naked, which makes me feel even worse. (laughs) My ex-boyfriend used to call it my jail tat. He's like, somebody in jail did this tat. That's how bad it is. Are you gonna are you gonna get it removed? I mean, no, it's a tattoos are in here too. No tattoos. You're not allowed I to. I know, girl. I'll send you a picture, but we can make it the cover art. Please! Yes, yes, yes. Send me the Wait, let me see. Can you see it? No. Oh, they just look like stars. Those are that is the star of David. It's a bad star of David. It's awful. I'm so sorry. Was it free? Alright, bitch. <laughs> I love you, girl. Anywho. Um, so God speaks to Moses and Aaron, the law of the beasts. It is permitted to eat animals that, uh, that have cloven hooves and chew the cud, the cud, I believe is what it is. Um, so not a, not a camel, not a pig. That's why they're not allowed to eat pigs because of their, because of the hoof. Sea creatures permitted if they have both fins and scales, so no shellfish, various birds and most insects are, uh, prescribed. And also anyone touching the carcass of an unclean animal. Or touching anything that uh, like crawls, uh, yada 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 yada. Yeah, man, there are a whole bunch of things that'll make you unclean, brother. Listen, oh, touching a clean animal which has died naturally also makes it unclean. That's why it, you need to eat an animal. If you're gonna eat an animal, it needs to have been killed, not died naturally, because one can assume, you know, if an animal died naturally, they were probably have uh, disease or. A little to no nutritional value. You get you get what I'm saying here. Now, uh, chapter 16, Moses gives instruction about the Day of Atonement. This was the day out of the year that the high priests cleanses and prepares himself for a ceremony with God. And it only happens like once a year. We're talking about high priests that get to not only go inside, but I'm talking about this is like very exclusive group. This is like the VIP section at Club Tabernacle. <laughs> like, and it only happens once a year. Um, chapter 17 through 27 pertain to the laws that apply generally for living a holy life. These are many laws, including sexual immorality, idolatry, land laws, uh, more priestly laws. Those are everywhere. Uh, religious festivals and celebrations, the oh, Sabbath priestly, year. like Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada. Um, yeah. No, mama. No, no, no. Not that kind of priestly. Okay. Um, religious festivals, uh, celebrations, the Sabbath year, the year of Jubilee, etc. Now, uh, chapter 18, we've got, they discuss incest a little uh, at depth. In Oof, depth. That's a point category, y'all. Yes, it is. And also against God's divine law. That's, that's against regular law. Mm-hmm. That's against, we like to break the law laws. That's a nasty, mm-hmm. that's nasty. Mm-hmm. I think well, stepmom porn is nasty too. Stepmom porn? Because that's how they make it legal. They call it the step. I haven't seen, I, the last time I saw porn was in 2012. Don't look it, it up. was with a, a boyfriend. I'd never, ever 2012, Brianda? With my boyfriend, yeah. At the time you it was virgin? him. Basically, he was really into feet, so we were watching like tickling stuff. Are you sorry, guys? Me? For those that are listening, I'm sorry. It was Lutiticus, that's why. 
<laughs> this episode's actually Latinicus. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I can't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not signed into it. Um, incest, yes. Uh, we also talk about um, Moloch worship, which was forbidden. Moloch? Moloch, Moloch, like other gods. Oh, other, other gods, yeah. Um, male homosexuality is forbidden. Why is it only male homosexuality? Well, they also say they break. Actually, we should probably go to the text. Don't eat cooch is not in there. In this context, it's a prohibition, prohibition, prohibition against using male prostitutes in pagan temples. Um, because after these, okay, let me get to the, let, let's go to scripture, dude. Let's go to scripture. Okay. Because it's so funny because there is so much involving women, right? But I want to like, cause they also say like, don't have relations with uh, sexual relations, uh, uh, with the daughter of your father's wife. Um, they actually say that when they said the male that you should not have sex with uh, homosexual sex with males i read somewhere that the term that they use for male in hebrew actually means like young boy so there are some uh people who break down the law and say what they meant was don't have sex with young boys um i'm not saying that that's what i i'm saying i just it's been thrown around in conversations that i've heard um yes do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. Uh, the the exact quote in the book that I'm that I think I wanted to dive into you. I mean, obviously you're a bisexual woman. You're also Jewish. Um, Leviticus eighteen twenty two is the verse that every single like non believer or atheist activist or anyone who uh, harshly criticizes the text, the mm -hmm. Bible, the Christian Bible. They almost always quote Leviticus 18, verse 22. And then they also quote uh, Leviticus 20, 22. But let me read, uh, let me read verse uh, 22. Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Mm -hmm. So that's the exact thing that it says. And I don't know, Wheezy, I guess... This is a really sensitive topic, and it's one of the reasons why I didn't even want to do this book. I was going to skip it. Why? Because I, I felt like I'm not, um, you know, it, it's not my responsibility yet. I'm also just not ready to discuss things that are as complex and unsavory as topics like these, because it is what you just heard. I'm not going to sit here and be like Reformation Church where they're like, actually, that's not what they say. They just meant like something else. Like, no, I know what the book says. I appreciate you for saying that because I'm very tired of people being like, well, that part's OK, but not this part. Cherry picking. Yeah. And I think um, that's the most frustrating thing about what we as the non-believers think that Christians, Catholics, religious people in general, right? Like even last night, I went out with this guy for drinks. And he told me he was a Satanist. And I was like, really? And he's like, not really. I just like to say that because I don't believe in religion and it freaks people out. And as we can see from Brianda's face. Lucy, I was going to stop and just pray for you. Oh, babe, it's okay. But that's how much people like to reject the Bible or the word or feeling like they have rules, right? So when he said it, I was like, what? But then he's like, I don't like really do that. I just say it because to me... Satanism is really just rejecting religion. He's like, I think that people that don't. That is not what Satanism is. Well, he said he believes. Everybody has okay. their own idea, right? But he's like, if you don't believe in anything, Everyone why would you believe in the devil? That's what he said, right? He's like, so to me, the verbiage just means like religion is BS, whatever. And in that discussion came Bible stories. And I remember him being like, that's just so crazy to me, like that you're half gay and this and that and like here you are ready to make the bible podcast which mm -hmm. in his defense he's right right you one would think that even when the little nas x thing came up when you and i talked about it but mm -hmm. i think it is confusing for me because most arguments i've heard regarding homosexuality is that the bible was out of context in that moment and so it is strange that we then accept it that's really well, where I'll tell you one thing and I want you to continue because I there's no, a reason no, why I wanted the only reason why I was down to do this was because you were here. You and I, I just 
I would not have done this alone, period, or with someone else Aww. at all. Um, he loves me, James. I do. Me and my little. Uh, yeah, self. you and your. I love you and your bisexual self. I don't care. Like, I love you, you know? Anywho, um, wow, I really felt that. <laughs> you felt the Satan. She was scared, y'all. <laughs> that she was like, did he have the blood on his Nikes? I went, listen, you may be a non believer, but I'm a believer. And best believe, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> no, he's fine. I think he just. He I mean, was just saying that. The people try to be so radical. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Why? Uh, anywho, what I was going to say was I it's this this part of the text is never something that I would lead with, begin talking to someone about the book with um, simply because it is so uh, polarizing. And I mean, if you're yourself gay, bi, queer, in general, if you were to read that and you were opening yourself up to the text, I can only imagine it's kind of like, because I'm not gay. I'm not, that's not my community, right? I'm not in that community rather. But when I read some stuff that they say here about women, that stuff gives me some pause. Mm. It's uncomfortable. For sure. That's the only way my brain can like kind of relate, compute, you know, mm-hmm. to how that would Fair. make someone feel. And honest. Um, and I, I'm way too early in my career to give my like, like just verbal brain vomit onto this mic right now about something as sensitive as this. But I felt it was really important, Weezy, to talk about someone else who I read an article on and he spoke about it in such a really like thoughtful, uh, critical, but respectful way. He is both, he's a gay man, he's a gay author uh, named A.V. Rose. And I got this from this website called keshet.org. And the title of the article, if you guys want to read it, is LGBTQ Equality in Judaism, written by A.V. Rose. And these are just some of the things that he talks about. Um, He is a practicing Jewish person who had that same level of pause and uh, resentment towards reading, reading that part, these parts of, of the book in Leviticus. And this is a couple excerpts. So A.V. says, I could not, as some had suggested, love the Torah and accept it as my central document of humanity, while it stubbornly refused me the same courtesy. Frightened by the place that I had so suddenly come to in my life of faith, I began to try and find a path back into the Torah. I knew it to be a document of real power in humanity. It changed forever the way in which people worshipped, looked upon the creator, and saw themselves as members of the human race. I understood that though thousands of years old, its essential messages still bring hope and meaning to millions offering light and insight into the human condition. I also knew that without it, I could not continue to enjoy my sense of belonging and spiritual connection with my tradition. Though I was angry with the Jewish community for its rejection of its lesbian and gay family members, I was still a Jew and wanted very much to retain my deep connection. I knew no other way to be and had no intention of seeking alternate forms of spiritual practice and expression. Thus, I began to tackle the heart of the textual conflict by asking questions and seeking out its roots and nucleus. While this is a process that will presumably take a lifetime, I have already begun to find a way around the roadblocks created by the Leviticus text and back to a place of comfort and growth. In order to achieve this, I had to deconstruct the text, examining its origins, context, and meaning. So far, I'm pleased with what I found. I hope I'm not boring, you guys. This is like really dope. Like, I feel like this is this. This is what I would like. I want to show you guys uh, um, 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 more more stuff like this, like until we bring guests on the show, you know. Um, But let me continue reading the article found on kishet.org, written by A.V. The author is A.V. Rose. Continued. What I've learned is that this text, 
so often used by both Jews and Christians, is most often misused by people who are unfamiliar with its foundation, subtlety or structure. Being that it is a biblical text, it comes with much baggage and meaning that must be slowly teased out and theoretically dissected in order to grasp its true intentions. It must be understood as a document which emerged out of a very particular political and sociological condition, which was intended for a society in a specific context and time frame, and which had its goal a very limited social order. I'm going to skip some. He says, so how am I, as a queer committed Jew, able to live with this text? I cannot simply dismiss it as a piece of homophobic rhetoric. It does, after all, sit within the very heart of my spiritual and religious tradition. Neither am I content to live in its shadow, accepting its righteousness and my wrongness, perpetuating the rift between my Jewish and queer selves. What I chose to do is to follow the example set by previous generations of Jews and deconstruct the text in its context. Rather than work in stone, I see the Bible as a mirror, a reflection of human thought and belief, which emerged under very specific sociological, historical, political circumstances. This does not mean that I deny the divine inspiration of the text, for I do believe that on some level the Bible contains in it the seeds of both godliness and ultimate humanity. What I do hold to be true, though, is that humans interpreted and compiled the teachings of the Torah into a document which served both universal and specific political purposes. Pin in that, written by mostly male patriarchs, actually all male patriarchs, mostly, I guess. Let me talk about Deborah. Yeah, 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 mostly. Thus, I believe that the fire of the Torah is both black and white, form background, seen and unseen. What is required is intensive spiritual detective work in order to clearly understand where the framers of the Torah text were coming from and where they hoped that humanity was moving towards under their leadership. And I know that was long. And I know, please, if you need to pause it, grab some snacks, take a break, a water break, do that. But Ooh, every what would be a good church snack? Like a wafer? <laughs> Let me see. Wine? I just read like this profound open letter. And this, this bitch is like, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said snack, and I do feel like, you know, it would lighten the mood. It would. But listen, uh, what that man says is so, you know, illuminating for me as someone who is outside of of both of his, he, he calls him himself, his Jewish side and his queer side. Aww. But I, it just broke things down. And I hope that it gives some insight into what, con like, continuing your research and continuing your uh, you know, biblical readings, um, how you can still stay motivated and inspired by the text, despite these, you know, unsavory spots that are, are, are uncomfortable and difficult to receive. Um, and like I said, when reading any biblical text, any holy text, laws of hermeneutics, right? If there's some part of the text that causes you confusion, strife, anger, um, a feeling of vagueness, like a vague void, it will be answered somewhere else in the book. But to do that, you got to continue to read it, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, it brought to me a new perspective on how we can examine this text without just, you know, completely disregarding it and all the amazing things that it does have to offer. I, of course, as a Christian woman, you know, don't want, you know, parts of Leviticus to discourage you from continuing reading the Bible, because I'm telling you, there are truths in this text that are life-changing and transformative and really deep. And if anything else, there's so much you can take from it. I don't know. That didn't make any sense, but it's kind of where I'm feeling right now. And I'm just a regular person. I don't have the answers. I don't, I don't, you know, all I know is that, you know, I, I love my gay friends. 
<laughs> like oh. in a real way. And like I said, I was in the world, honey. A gay man probably made the beret on your head. Le- legit, like, come on, like. I can't, it's, it's all I, that's all I have to say. My sins are not above anyone else's sins, like at all. Like you hear these sins. I've, I'm very open and honest about like me being, I'm a sinner. You know what I mean? So like, there's no uh, hierarchy of sin in my eyes. You know, just cause the text says that does not mean that there's any, like there can ever be hate in my eyes for who you want to love. You know what I mean? Um, and again, this is above my level of expertise and stuff, but Nat Dog, I'm with I'm with the LGBTQ plus hundred percent. I mean, my I group it, my community is the Christian community. They're my like that's my where's the where's that parade? It wouldn't be as fun, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> but like I I I would I, listen, best believe I have been to too many pride parades to not to not like also be here and be there for the other side man that sounded really lukewarmy and i don't know how that's gonna read but it's just where i'm at today so anyways um oh there is one part of leviticus that is spicy and there is a little baby story in here that i do want to talk about and uh and just like before we close out the episode i wanted to tell it because Ugh, all that heavy stuff is so draining. So give us some fun game. Listen, oh, oh, oh Weezy, <laughs> I hate you. So remember how I told you about Moses's brother Aaron and how he was then ordained as a priest, and so were his sons. Well, guess what? Two of his sons got drunk and went inside the tent, started burning incense like they weren't supposed to. And guess what? God burns them to death. Uh, let's hop into scripture. Leviticus uh, 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 chapters eight through nine. Uh, no, Leviticus chapter 10, verses one through two. Aaron's sons, uh, Nodab and Abihu, took their censers and put fire in them and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire or strange fire, but means unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord, before the Lord. Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those people who approach me, I will be proved holy in the sight of all people. I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. God killed these two priests, the two sons of Aaron, because listen, God will provide uh, mercy on some people and stuff or whatever. But the punishment for those that are in positions of power and priests, if you get if you get it wrong, how can you make other people holy if a holy position is doing things incorrectly? God deaded that real quick. Literally and figuratively speaking. So Moses was so pissed off. He was literally like, Aaron, why, why did, why did they do that? Oh my gosh. And of course these are Aaron's sons. Aaron had other sons too. They were mourning. And guess what? Not only did God kill them, God was like, and you're also not allowed to mourn the way you would do the way you would mourn for other people. Listen, God is a God of love and wrath. And we feel that in Leviticus. Um, so, Moses had commanded Aaron and his remaining sons to eat an offering, which is what uh, would have would have made this whole situation would have cleaned them of this situation. Uh, Leviticus chapter 10, if you want to read that uh, verses 12 through 14, when he discovered that they had let it burn up as opposed to eating it like Moses commanded. Moses was pissed. Leviticus 10 verse 16, Moses inquired about the goat of the sin offering and found out that it had been burned up. He asked, why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sanctuary area? It is most holy. It was given to you to take away the guilt of the community by making atonement for them before the Lord. Since its blood was not taken into the holy place, you should have eaten the goat in the sanctuary area as I commanded. And Aaron responded, listen, bro, what do you want me to do? I've just lost two of my sons. I'm mourning right now. And 
for whatever reason, in that moment, Moses went, you know what? I'm going to lay off him for now. I'm going to lay off him. Much like God has laid off us. Anytime Moses went to the Lord and was like, please, come on, like with the golden calf and stuff, please don't do it, please, please. You know, in a, se- in a sense, Moses mirrored the way God showed the Israelites mercy and him mercy. Interestingly, the passage of Leviticus concludes the section in which Aaron and his sons are inducted as priests before the Lord. See chapters eight through 10. Occurring over over an eight-day period, these events help delineate the important sanctified role belonging to the Levitical priests. Can you get on the mic real quick? You don't have to get on camera, obviously. Mm-hmm. But So we're winding down on Leviticus, but as I was uh, brushing my beautiful, long, synthetic hair, I thought to myself, darn it, did I... Did I, how did I speak, you know, in regarding to like, you know, the the whole, the rule, the rules that aren't that comfortable to talk about. I want to ask you, like, what are your thoughts? How do you feel? How do you feel as a non-believer housing, literally producing a Bible podcast with someone who is a Christian, period, like there's no Christian light, I'm a Christian, how do you feel, especially after hearing this? Like, what are your thoughts? What's going on? I think the only controversial thought I have, um, well, for one, housing and producing a Bible pod. I don't think anything's wrong with the Bible. I believe there's a lane for it. I believe it's important to you and that and I love you and I love making it. Um, it's not like I'm making a Trump pod. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think what you're doing is bad. So, but what I will say is, as far as our convo today, the only thing that struck a chord with me when I sat and thought about it was my ex-girlfriend was very religious. And before we broke up, um, one of our last conversations was about religion and a friend of hers that called what we do a sin. And I realized when you were saying that, like, my sin is not above others and et cetera, like, I still don't know. And I wonder if that'll always keep me fleeting from religion is like, I don't believe it's a sin. Now, let me tell you, can I, oh, this is great. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Just real quick. So the Bible also says, like, in the Old Testament, by the way, this is the Old Testament, okay? Like, I mean, it it also shows up in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. There are, Wheezy, so many other things that are sins as well. Like, fornication. Just like, period. Even like, like, having sex outside of marriage. It's like, so there's so much, there, like, there, it, it, okay, I, I want to like, I don't want to dig a hole for myself here. What I'm trying <laughs> to say is when it comes to sin, there is a definition for what sin is. And I think it's, does both the discussion about it, Christians and non-believers, it does us a disservice by only discussing this one thing uh, by isolating it. It makes it seem like we are dogpiling on this one sin. We're like other than this one uh, act, right? Where it's like contextually speaking or like that, like that A.V. Rose guy was saying, contextually speaking and during during this time of sociopolitical uh, a strife where like they literally God, God wanted them to populate, to be fruitful and multiply was literally like the the instinctive thing back then i don't know i'm not a prehistoric whatever person but i can only imagine that they were they set certain things in the text at that time in order to advance society to multiply society to like we don't know what god knows i don't know what god has seen i don't know whatever i what i do know is that there are rules in place that are made and there to help us grow closer to him, not against him. This was also written thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we're all sinners, all of us, every single one. Like I'm a sinner and my sin is not above anyone else's sin. Like, I think we get so wrapped up on the word sin and there's like, I'm bad. It means I'm bad. We're all bad. Like, if anything, the reason why I was saved was because of that understanding of we're all in this together. Oh, I just swore and I don't like swearing next to this. But like, 
I don't know. I, I don't know, Wheezy. There's, I feel like I'm not, and I feel like I'm sweating because I'm so hot by the conversation, by these leather pants, by this beret. But like, the Bible is not meant to make us feel comfortable. <laughs> like, it really is not. Like, it just is. Therapy is also not meant to make to uh, make you feel comfortable all the time. There are a lot of uncomfortable things about life, about about a uh, 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 belief, about God, about reality. It's a lot of it's uncomfortable, man. And unless your will is to understand it, it'll always leave a prickly sensation in your inside of you. Like it'll always not sit well within you. And like I said, there are parts of the Bible that. For women, like women aren't allowed to have be, uh, minister large groups like of men and women. They're not allowed. It's, the Bible says that. That's something that I literally as a communicator, as someone who like, I don't know why. I don't know. I just. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. You make a, I, I understand. I understand it. Yeah, she's out of breath. I'm out of breath. I'm literally sweating. So I'm still navigating I'm still figuring out what my verbiage is and I'm going to get it wrong, but um, I'm going to be hoping that one day I get it right and I probably will never get there because <laughs> that is life. Moral of the story is life has rules. Everywhere you go, you got rules. There's a reason why we know stealing is bad. There's a reason why we know... Uh, hop in the turnstile on the subway. Butt stuff. Wheezy, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, unfortunately, what we see here in the book is also, though God is a God of love, God also is a punisher. Certainly, there is grace and forgiveness and plenty of second chances for those who belong to him. But God wants us to know that he is serious when it comes to his honor and glory. He is a meticulous designer who is specific about his plans for us. I want to uh, quote something from Hebrews, which is a, uh, another book in the Bible. And it says, if there is willful disobedience in the life of a believer, then God disciplines us out of his great love for us. And the more we familiarize ourselves with life's rules, the more we are compelled to potentially follow them. If not today, then maybe one day. Or at least understand and respect why others do. Lord! Hi, Father. She's burning up. I am so hot. These leather pants got me sweating my Please get me out of this room, Father. This was hot. I don't know if I... Wait, Wheezy. I think the microphone broke. <laughs>